ghosts not particularly no i do believe in why not th- i don't know i just believe i believe in things that are like i believe we don't know everything about this universe but for some reason ghosts ghosts don't do it for me is all i can say uh they don't toot my horn uh they but then it's know. spooky season yeah, it certainly is. It certainly is. And I'm I'm a big vampire werewolf guy, but for some reason ghosts I don't get it. I mean I, I don't I don't get I don't I don't I don't get why they would exist. I, I understand people have unfinished business and what you know, the classic ghost stuff, but I don't know, it just seems like once you once you're gone, like I feel like you get exposed to the universe in a way where you're like, Man, why did I care about that shit? Like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I I tend to agree. I think if they're, I I I'm I'm almost. In fact, I I think I'm more or less strictly materialist. I you you die and your molecules get eaten by worms. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if there is something to be done after one dies, it is certainly not like hanging out at a lighthouse. Right. Exactly. You know, like you have, like, I don't care what your unfinished business was. Like, what is such a big deal that you need to be at the lighthouse for eternity? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's it. It's such a, it's such a construct of people, of, of, of us living folk, like needing, needing our lives to have importance, right? Like that. Right. To, and to go on forever and to think that if, if, it's okay if I don't do everything I ever wanted to do, because I'll just come back. Right. Yeah. It is. It is a. It is a. Uh, a get out of. It is. It is a immortality ish kind of state of being. Yeah. I love the idea of immortality, or I love the concept of it. I love characters that are immortal. I think that like uh, vampires are particularly interesting to me. But I have read. You know, I do think that like immortality. When taken to its logical conclusions, becomes pretty ridic- becomes even more ridiculous. I was going to say pretty ridiculous. <laughs> uh, uh, becomes even more ridiculous. Like if you live forever, like the chances of you getting like crushed under a building from a her- from an earthquake go to a hundred percent. Because like even right. though it's like infinitesimal at any one moment, like if you live for eternity, then all of that adds up. So like you end up, yeah, it end- you end up with not a great existence. But I think well, and, and a yeah. lot of it has never made sense to me. I think about uh, uh, Blade Two, which of course is one of our favorites. Yep. And and uh, you know when the vampires get turned into the super vampires, mm-hmm. they're really hard to kill. And I remember that one scene where uh, Blade chops up Priest because yeah. he got turned into one of the bad guys, mm-hmm. and there's like a quarter of his head sitting there blinking. I don't know if you remember that, yeah. but. You know, so, okay, so here's this immortal vampire, and he's all chopped up, and a quarter of his head is blinking. At that point, like, which one is him? Like, is it the arm? Is mm-hmm. it the quarter of the head? Uh-huh. Like, which, wh- what's the immortal thing? Right. Because you're not putting that shit back together. You got to pick one. Right. And, 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 th- and, and ostensibly, it's not going to turn into two or more priests just because you chopped up an immortal person. Yeah, and is the is the is the quarter of the head sitting there going like, look at this fine mess I've gotten myself into? <laughs> like, is he reflective in any way? 
But that... Uh, Maybe if I blink in Morse code, they'll bring me Visine. Right, exactly. I have one need at this point. Visine is, is my food. I have one need, and it is eye moisture. <laughs> uh, that all aside, why do you ask about ghosts? Well, we got a little bit of world building. Uh, mm-hmm. In 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 our first episode uh, of Adventure Time, of course, the TV show that we talk about on our podcast, Podventure Time, we are still working on season four, and we are up to episodes eleven and twelve. And season four, episode eleven, is called "Beyond This Earthly Realm," and we learn that Ooh has pl- planes of existence. I'll say realms. Yeah, uh, I know that you're a D and D player, and sure. and uh, do I have? Am I right in that, like, there are – so the way that I think of D&D is, like, you know, a, a DM is totally in charge and is creating the world. They might have a, you know, a guide kind of in front of them. And, you know, if you're a new one, you might go straight off the guide. Uh, but then I hear people talk about, like, well, you know, in Dungeons & Dragons, there's this realm and this realm. And there are all these cla- classifications and things. So – is the dungeon master making it up? Like, where are all these rules coming from? And I definitely thought of Dungeons and Dragons when we started getting into planes of existence and the the spirit realm. Let me break it down for you. Yeah. Okay. And for the audience. Uh, yes. So Dungeons and Dragons, every edition, maybe not every edition that's come out, but um, there is a uh, there is an, an assumed world universe that like all of your campaigns are occurring in and that can, you can either make your own universe up completely. That's totally within the realm of like what you can do, or you can use the pre-existing world that like the makers of Dungeons and Dragons have created for you. And what's his name? Like Gary Gygax or whatever. He made one of the first ones, but they've since, uh, uh, I just like that name. Gary Gygax. Oh yeah. It's an awesome name. Uh, he, uh, he made one of the first ones, but they've since these are called campaign settings is really what it's called. And, uh, one of the older ones is called Greyhawk, but the newer one is called the forgotten realms and the forgotten realms is this like universe. It's like, Ooh, in that sense of like, it is a world that has, uh, a history and like, so you can, it, so it's got like built in lore that you can draw okay. from. And you can say like, okay, I'm just going to drop my players in and we're going to do this little adventure in a town. Um, but you don't have to invent the town because like there's a Why map. Why are all with... the towns called Neverwinter? Uh, because it sounds cool, I think. Like, okay. Ne- yeah. There's other smaller towns. There's like the village of, of Homlet and things. You know, they've got like all these little town names. Uh, so if you don't want to invent anything, you don't have to. It's all built for you. But if you do want to invent stuff, totally cool too. So that is okay. why when people say like, this is like the history, you know, in D&D, these things are true. And like, oh, first there came the gods and then this happened. Like, it's because this this lore has been established um, and is now sort of like uh, considered like the foundation upon which any okay. campaign is run. If you want so to if run you're it, a yeah. If you're an expert DM, you you are familiar with this world enough that you know the rules and then you can pick and choose yeah. what you want. Yeah, you can pick and choose what you want. And then others, other DMs are like, no, nah, I don't like that world. I would rather have a world that is, I don't know, more, it's all based on like Native American lore or something like that. And I'm going right. to build my whole universe doing that stuff. So that's totally fine. 
What type of magic you figure was was in this uh, this lamb that Finn touches? Hmm. Teleportation? No. What would it be? It's it's uh, certainly plane shifting magic. He shifts from one plane to the next. Ne- yeah. ne- perhaps necromantic, since he he gets shifted to the uh, plane of spirits. But I'm not sure. Um. But maybe we should back up. Maybe we should talk about what's going on here. Uh, in general, this uh, this whole this whole episode revolves around one main one main issue in that Finn and Jake in a spooky secret cave find a porcelain lamb figurine with a jewel in its head, a, a ruby, and sort of uh, Aladdin like. Uh, cave of wonders kind of deal right um up on a pedestal and finn finds the lamb and jake immediately like a veteran D D player goes don't touch the damn thing right uh this is clearly a trap don't touch don't touch the jeweled lamb at least roll a perception check before you touch the lamb exactly come on check for traps arcana trap or arcana check that's right uh Finn does none of that. He touches it. And instantly. Yeah. Finn is a real Magnus rushes in kind of player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Instantly cha- instantly is transported into another plane of existence that he doesn't, he can't, he doesn't know what's going on at first. All he knows is that he is standing in the same place uh, in space time. I don't even know how to describe it. Like he, he is. That now, was going to be my next question: Is are these so in D and D? I guess are these planes like laid on top of one another? The yeah. the, the 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 plane uh, scheme that I know of right now is is from the Stormlight Archives, which is another Brandon Sanderson book. Hmm. Uh, and in that one, the 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 planes of existence are like actual places. Like you you travel from uh, you know, the the physical plane. You can go to the cognitive plane where everything is kind of backwards like anyway uh but you kind of go you can physically travel there and then you can also physically travel i think no one has really done this yet that i've read about to the spiritual mm-hmm. realm which is like above the physical realm but yeah. finn is in the spirit realm in the sense that he can see the spirits and and people in the physical realm can't see him but he's still there in ooh right next to jake it's just they can't interact with one another yeah, uh, there's an allegory. Yeah, there is an equivalent, I, I suppose, in in D and D, in that you have the ethereal plane, and the ethereal plane and the material plane basically overlap with one another, and okay. um, it is where, yes, it is where uh, ghosts and spirits can inhabit the eth- ethereal plane, and you essentially uh, it's it's a it's a shadow of the material plane. So you can be standing in the ethereal plane. And just like here in, in our episode, Finn is standing in the spirit realm of Ooh, and he can see all of the material plane around him sort of like faded in shade, muted shades of color, mute, not shades of gray. Cause that would be dumb to look at on television, but it's like, it was shades of pink essentially was like what the uh, artistic choice here was. Um, so he can see everything. He can't physically interact with it though and they and and conversely uh anyone on the material plane cannot see cannot see him at all cannot interact with him at all right finn is dark matter as far as they're concerned exactly but finn's not the only thing in the spirit realm like he is surrounded by 
creatures in the spirit yeah, world. Yeah, a bunch of weird, uh, very, uh, I, I liked the animation mm-hmm. here. It was like, hey, y'all, just draw like vaguely looking, uh, vaguely alive looking things. Yeah. And then they just went and, and went and did it. Uh, the, this is the wrong reference, but like I was getting Keith Haring vibes from it all. Like, yeah. So uh, animated little little do doodads, animated characters, just sort of existing around him. Not really. Yeah, they seem mostly harmless, but they're they don't really look friendly. No. Well, Jake is of course worried that his friend has disappeared, and from all Jake knows, he said Jake is under the impression that Finn has been trapped inside of the lamb. And it's unclear if that is true or not, but um, Jake decides the best thing to do would be to wrap this figurine up, take it home, and ideate on ways to get Finn out of there. So he does. He wraps it up and uh, and spelunks his way out of the secret cave back to home. And Finn goes along. Finn is, I assume, kind of tugged along. But he has his own... He has his, that's an interesting, like, he seems a bit tethered to the lamb, but not entirely tethered. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know, because he he does, like, just go to the Ice Kingdom. Yeah. Maybe he just followed Jake because he was like, well, I I think he followed Jake because he didn't know what else to do. Yeah. So we end up back at the treehouse, and Jake is coming up with ideas. Uh, He and and Bemo are trying to come up with ideas to how to wake Finn up, how to snap him out of there. And Bemo's Including idea, Bemo fake farting. Bemo's <laughs> ideas are the best, for sure. Fake farting Bemo. Finn loves Bemo farts. <laughs> and Bemo loves pretending to be alive. <laughs> uh, so that doesn't work. Um, another idea they have is playing Bemo Finn's- takes a single bean and plucks it against his screen and then lets out a fake fart. <laughs> Uh, he also, they also think that maybe playing Finn's favorite song will wake him up or snap him out of the whatever he is in. And they play, uh, an embarrassingly childish song that Finn is horrified to hear from his place in the, uh, spirit realm. And it totally embarrasses him in front of all the other spirits. And it's a, it's a nursery, <laughs> right. it's a nursery rhyme, essentially. Yeah, it's a lullaby, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and he's like, I haven't liked this song since I was two, which um, which was a re- which was a callback to or, uh, the fact that like Finn and Jake have been together since right. Finn was a baby, right? None of it's working though, and Finn is getting frustrated. You know, so that actually gets me to co- one of the things that I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. um, is I, we'll we'll get to our second episode. I, I think I I kind of identified a, a theme in both of the episodes of friendship. And I think the friendship that Jake shows for Finn in this episode is pretty remarkable. Um, and I also think that while they call each other bros, I think that they behave more like friends than they do family members. Mm. Uh, even though I think they were kind of raised by the same dog parents. Right. Uh, after Finn was found in the forest or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that Jake just like sits next to the lamb and talks to it and like not only is trying to figure out how to get Finn back, but it's like he he's very obviously missing Finn. And he's also like saying things that, you know, like playing his favorite song, like trying to mm-hmm. like comfort Finn somehow. Um, it's a totally different Jake than we see with Finn who, you know, just 
does whatever he wants whenever he wants. You know, there there's no rules or consequences for Jake. He's happy-go-lucky. But then as soon as Finn is in danger, Finn is gone, Jake turns into this really sort of worrying, doting friend. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's a good uh, good thing to note. He It's grief, I think, is like what he seems to be going. You know, yeah. he's... It's part of it's for Finn, and I think part of it's for Jake. Like, hearing Finn's favorite things, like, reminding himself of him, his friend is comforting to Jake as much as mm-hmm. it is, like, perhaps helping Finn, you know, yeah. release himself from the spirit realm. So, uh, you're right. It is uh, a very strong bond. It's not one that... It's one that we've seen before. There was a few episodes, maybe back in season one or two, uh, where Finn was in real danger. Finn and... Like, they, were, yeah. they were both in real danger, and they both expressed how much how important they were to each other yeah they have like rushed into danger to rescue the other mm-hmm. but this seems new where uh there's nothing for jake to really do he he just has to deal with the fact that finn is missing yeah yeah he has to process um very very tender stuff coming from jake meanwhile finn realizes that none of it's really working none of what I mean, while he appreciates it i don't think he, Finn realizes, like, uh, this isn't working. And he gets frustrated, and he goes outside to sit on the tree limb and sort of think about a situation. And who should fly by but old Ice King? In pursuit of Leaf Princess. <laughs> right, who seems to just be a, a, a passing leaf. Uh, I'm not sure that it was sentient. But, uh, but Ice King is pursuing it. But can't... He, he, abandons, he abandons the pursuit or... or Drops the leaf. Well, he or... catches he catches the leaf. Oh, okay. Uh, and then and then Finn Finn is feeling sorry for himself, so he he says like, "Oh, it's just a stupid leaf," because he thinks that Ice King won't be able to hear him. Right, right. He expresses he says something, and then Ice King turns and goes, "Well, I know it's a stupid leaf, but I wanted it. It's mine." Yeah. <laughs> and uh, which floors Finn because all of us wait. Hold on, Ice King can hear me and see me. And and Ice King reveals that in fact he can because of his wizard eyes. Wizard eyes. <laughs> yeah, his wizard eyes can see into the spirit realm. He can see all kinds of places. I think is how he explains it. Um, <laughs> and so Finn now says, "Oh, this is great. I you know didn't really think I'd ever want to talk to you, but here we are." Um, <laughs> right. And and Ice King says, "Well, I can help you." I can help you out of here. Like, I think Finn just asked, like, could you help me get out? And Ice King goes, sure, no problem. Come back with me to my house. We'll figure it out. And they get back to the Ice Palace, the Ice Ice King realm. And Ice King explains a bit of the... He does a little bit of world building uh, and and says, like, I can see the spirit realm. There's all kinds of different spirit... There's all kinds of different, like, planes of existence. This is just one of them. There's portals all over the place, I think is how he describes it. Yeah. And Ice King can see all of it, which is instantly interesting that, like, he, oh, lives, his, he lives his life seeing all kinds of, like, creatures and planes of existence all at once. It must be... Yeah, when we get inside the ice castle and we see Ice King just sort of standing in this enormous, like, group of bizarre spirits, mm-hmm. it's like, well, no wonder he's mad. Of course right. he's out of his mind. Right. The dude's like, he's on, you know, he's... He's on LSD all day, every day. Yeah, that's what I thought. I felt I, I felt a tinge of pity for him in that moment. Right. Um, it's incredible too. It also reminded me of um, how birds can see 
in like a wider color spectrum than humans mm-hmm. can. And there are other animals that can see even like wider than that. Like like birds can see in ultraviolet. And that means that they look completely different to each other than they do to us. In yeah. terms of, and it's yeah. like wild to think about. But even even that little small, like even thinking about that, just like, oh, that slightly widening of your perspective in terms of like your you visual ever, field. Uh, you ever been to Sunglass Hut and put on the Maui gems and look at the thing? No. What? <laughs> uh, Maui Gym, I know, is the, is the brand that I always think of that does this. They have, there's some little, it's a, some kind of like hologram kind of device where if you look at it through polarized lenses, colors pop out of it. I don't know exactly how it works, mm. but it's like, hey, put on your Maui gyms and look at this blank thing. And then it's like, whoa, <laughs> all the colors popped out because of the polarized light. <laughs> it, that kind of stuff is incredible, frankly, to me. Like, it is just, just imagining, just even kind of like trying to imagine your field of perspective expanding just a little bit, like, is, is tough to comprehend. So then when you think about Ice King comprehending multiple realities all at once simultaneously you you immediately go like your brain goes into overload and you realize why he's nuts yeah that's a lot of inputs yeah so he explains to finn like hey here's how you here's how we're gonna do this i i i I guess he kind of strikes a deal with him and basically says like hey can you clean up all these spirits from my house throw them in the spirit hole and if you do that, then we can uh, turn you back into normal, basically. Yeah, Ice King does this like classic Ice King thing where he's like, oh, my, my best friend Finn is here. Great, I'm hanging out with my best friend Finn. Oh, yeah, sure, best friend Finn. I'll help you get, get back to the physical realm. Right. All you got to do is clean up all these, all these ghosts that are living in my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once you have done that for me, then maybe <laughs> we can talk about me doing something for you. Right. Um, so Finn does though, Finn has no other options, um, and goes Makes about, quick work of it. goes about, you know, snagging all these ghosts and throwing them back through the spirit hole, which is just a hole in the, in a cave floor in Ice King's house. And he gets almost all the way done. He, he, he's done as far as he can tell. And the Ice King goes, no, wait, there's this one that you got to get. It's creepy one. It's creepy one. That's always looking at me. And he goes to Ice King's bathroom and there's just this like living eyeball that's like hanging out by the toilet. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Finn has to reach into the toilet and like drag it out and he's all grossed out. So he's running out of the uh-huh. out of the room with the thing held above his head screaming. And the thing is like making these weird little like noises. It is pretty creepy. Yes. So he takes care of that one. And then he goes, Ice King's like, oh, no, wait, the worst one. You still have to take care of the worst one. The dead one. And he leaves all these heads around and it's just like these little floppy ghosts that are just moaning and crawling over Ice King's body. And Ice King freaks out when this when one of these spirits touches his body. It's a um, it's a reaction that I don't I don't think we've seen this about Ice King before, like but he is very phobic to at least spirits touching his body. But like he is. Yeah, he has he has some body proximity issues going on uh that he is not dealt he's not dealing with well yeah i mean the main one of his body issues might be the fact that his underwear appears to just be like sort of a mummy wrap (laughs) yeah yeah i mean his hygiene has always been uh suspect and has been the has been the subject of several episodes but finn does take care of this final dead one which is especially creepy it's just like this four-legged 
headless thing that just pukes out other spirits, basically. But Finn takes care of it, throws it down the hole. In the process, he finds he throws it into the hole and falls in it himself. But before he falls all the way through, he catches he catches himself. But he realizes as he looks down that the spirit hole in Ice King's house, the bottom like when you fall through, you end up in the cave where the original cave where the lamb was. And yeah. and then you he's like, That's weird. That's really weird. Oh well. <laughs> like Oh cool. well. As as Finn so often does. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm I'm choosing not to connect point A and point B right now. Right. So uh, he heads back upstairs. Can't find the Ice King, though. Uh, he's looking around and finally finds the Ice King, who is dancing on his bed, singing like a like a fancy troll under the bridge kind of limerick song. That's essentially... But it's Ice King laughing uproariously to himself with glee that he has trapped Finn, and Finn will never realize his secret plan. <laughs> and Finn, Finn will be <laughs> trapped and be his friend forever here. And Finn's just like standing there and he's like, come on, man. <laughs> Ice King at this point feels quite confident in him in his plan. He says, you've fallen from my trap. You've, which I guess, does that imply that Ice King set the print, the, like the porcelain and lamb out there in the first place? Is that what the implication is? I don't know. It, Ice King probably thinks it's a trap just because <laughs> he got Finn to do something for, you know, I, Finn is Finn is more or less trapped with Ice King, and so Ice King is going sure. to claim credit for Finn being trapped. You know, this right. is my this is my great plan was for you to show up and be captive uh, because of things right. beyond either of our control. He's he's uh, he's gloating at Finn that Finn's trapped here forever. He can't do a thing about it, and Finn just kind of goes, "Fine, I'll go open up the spirit hole again." <laughs> and then he's like, "You've undone my plan." <laughs> but uh, at that point, then at that point. Ice King goes, well, okay, now you foiled my plan. <laughs> so as a, you know, as compensator, <laughs> as like recompense, I will go, uh, all we have to do is destroy the, the porcelain lamb and that will actually free you. So please don't, please don't let the spirits back in my house. Um, I'll go destroy the lamb. <laughs> and they say, okay, great. And then we snap back to the treehouse where Finn, or sorry, Jake is still there with the lamb and Ice King comes back squeezing into the house wearing ice armor and it is hilarious because you can see his it's clear you can (laughs) see his full body inside of it and he's like all crammed up in the top half of it and he's like basically naked in there and he's wearing (laughs) yeah it's like a really really poorly designed mech yeah right (laughs) he is super crammed in there uh but Jake is having none of it and is like, no, you're the Ice King. I'm not here. I'm not letting you in my house. Beats the crap out of him. And in the process, the Ice King sort of gets flopped over and like touches the lamb himself. And now, and now the Ice King to the same fate that Finn is trapped inside the spirit realm. And he freaks out again because now these spirits are all over him. <laughs> and yeah, and he is and he's naked, too, because he wasn't wearing anything inside of his mech. And, uh, and, and so, and he has also lost the ability to interact with the physical world. Right. He is in the same predicament Finn is, but Finn is a smart, smart boy. And he sees that Ice King is able to somehow affect the static pattern on their television set. A la like poltergeist basically. Right. Um, and at that point, 
Ice King notices too and delivers a monologue that flew right over my head. But is it just basically a reference to Poltergeist the whole time? I don't know. It's it's uh, I wrote it down. Okay. (laughs) Can we pull back the veil of static and reach into the source of all being behind this curtain of patterns? This random pattern generator. So clever. Right here in every home, watching us from a one-sided mirror. And then Ice King looks straight at the camera and does a little fourth wall breaking. Yeah. It is... It's weird. It's weird. I guess is it, it. I guess it's just a reference to the fact that, like, we're watching them and he's realizing... Right. Like, he's sort of realizing it in that moment. Right. Maybe, maybe Earth is just another plane of ooze existence. Right. Exactly. Maybe we're just living inside of BMO's simulation of a universe. It's all fake farts all the way down. The the rest of the episode, it, it ends with Finn and, Finn and the Ice King realizing they can subtly affect the universe because, uh, as evidenced by the static. So then they realize, okay, we can subtly affect wind patterns a little bit, uh, localize little bursts of, of breeze. And if they work together enough... Uh, they can generate just enough wind and just enough uh, turbulence, I suppose, in the air to knock the porcelain lamb off of the off of a desk or off of a chair that it was sitting on, and onto and and cause it to crash and break on the ground, which they do, and it instantly frees them. It undoes the magic, and then and then the episode ends, right? Like there's nothing else after that that I remember. Yeah, that's more or less yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, oh, we do learn that the that the treehouse has a sacred bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Because at the beginning, Finn says, I want this lamb for my sacred bathroom. And then uh, I think Jake at the end says, come on, let's go put these broken pieces in the sacred bathroom. Right. That seems like a nice place to spend time, you know? A uh, sacred bathroom gonna be sounds in there. lovely. It's going to be quiet. Might as well be a sacred place. It sounds lovely. Yeah. So I, you're right. I, I hadn't thought about the lore building I, the, of the, the spirit realm when I watched it. Um, but you're right. It's, it's, it's built... The planes of existence now are in, uh, I suppose that I guess what I thought was because we had already established that there was like a hell plane, the the nitosphere, that there was going to be other planes as well. But it's cool to see what the spirit realm looks like in Ooh. It's a weird place. It's wacky. Yeah. Um, And, uh, you know, but other than that, this episode was, I would call it very weird, very uh, just a wacky adventure with ice king is like yeah kind of the extent yeah of it. i think there's there's a lot going on yeah. in this episode like they they pack a lot of it, more than anything i think they pack a lot of visuals into 11 and a half minutes mm-hmm. but i i do want to talk for just a second about like the the different visions of friendship that we see and that are really you know i do think that it that it shows us a different kind of jake but you know, Ice King's vision of friendship, of course, is just what we would expect it to be, which is a complete misunderstanding of what friendship is. Wholly selfish. You know, Correct. If, yeah. If if you if you say yes, this person is trapped into being my friend, then I don't think you know what friendship is. Yep. We've learned. I think you're right that the the depth or the cha- the only difference we've learned is like with Jake. Ice King was the same. Ice King is as expected. But we learned a little bit of depth about Jake's compassion and Jake's uh, depth of feeling for Finn. Because 
you're right. He was essentially lost without him. He wasn't broken, that is, but he was completely um, devoted to saving whatever right. le- was left of Finn. Uh, and he never lost hope. Like he was, he was dedicated to it. Like you could tell that that was he was going to keep doing whatever he needed to do for right for a long, long time. Ice King found an opportunity for Finn to do something for Ice King, yeah. and Jake took an opportunity to do something for Finn. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, and you're right. Then we're going to talk about a different kind of friendship in our next episode uh, that perhaps we should transition to. Yeah, it's it's uh, episode twelve is called Gotcha, and gotcha. we really like LSP episodes, or at least I do. And and this is a big time LSP episode. And LSP is also a fucking mess. Yeah, <laughs> Lumpy Space Princess is living living out in the woods. Is that yeah? Was that established in the past? She ran away from her parents. Yeah. Uh, we we went to Lumpy Space, as you recall, mm-hmm. and and Jake turned Lumpy. Um, and then yeah, so LSP ran away at some point, and and we've seen her living in the forest a time or two, I think. Yeah, I think where she knows all of the animals. They they all have names, and uh, she is convinced that they are all trying to be all over her all the time. They're all hitting on her at all times, um, because so- of her. Because, Irresistible lump. That's right. Uh, so we the, the episode opens essentially with us seeing Lumpy Space Princess and her friend, the Turtle Princess, um, hanging out together. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. And <laughs> they and the Turtle Princess is bemoaning the fact that she does not have the dynamic and voluptuous lumps that Lumpy Space Princess has, and in fact that that Turtle Princess has never been able to work her body in a way that is uh, advantageous to herself uh, or even to attract a, a partner of any kind. Lumpy Sp- LSP, though, is uh, is like basically like, oh, man, I have to beat away <laughs> suitors with a stick, <laughs> even though all of the suitors appear to be sort of random animals that just happen to fly by. Right. Or, or crawl by. Yeah, so we, we've got uh, LSP living in, in the forest, yep. uh, but still... Uh, very confident in mm-hmm. in her ability to uh, attract uh, other folks. Yep. And and so, oh, the way that it happens is is uh, I think Turtle Princess says like I can't ever learn anything that I don't read in a book. Right. And so then she suggests, well, LSP, why don't you write down how to use your lumps in a book? Uh, you have to go undercover and prove how well your lumps work. Heck, I bet you could even get Finn. Right. Uh, Finn, who she calls uh, a white knight. White knight, yeah. yeah. Such a white knight. Such a pure uh, a, asexual being. A, 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 a being of pure of purity that cannot be sullied by such a thing as lust for lumps. Uh, right. That would be the ultimate test. He's too heroic to right. be sexy. It was the ultimate test of LSP's dynamic lumps. So uh, LSP is all on board, be- mostly because she has always wanted to write trashy books. Is what she's <laughs> she's always wanted to write trashy books for women, <laughs> and so she says, "This is the opportunity I've been waiting for." And so she uh, she hatches her plan, which is to go undercover uh, and seduce Finn 
and she does so. She immediately goes. Well, she goes undercover anyway. Right. She goes undercover. (laughs) Uh, She puts on her best dress, which is just a plastic garbage bag that she sort of cuts the bursts through the bottom of and puts, you know, the straps go over her shoulders. She brings her brings a purse along and her best dress and she heads over to the treehouse and 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 puts on uh, some lipstick, which is just uh, jelly from a fruit pie. Yes, and, the inside of a fruit pie. Yeah, I mean, she's a mess. She's, she's a, a mess. She's a she's a mess. She's just a mess. She is completely self centered, uh, completely uh, delusional as to her own allure, and she heads over to the treehouse. And Finn and Jake answer the door, and Jake is immediately like red flag alert. Like, what is happening? Why? Yeah, LSP doesn't just show up, right? Finn, of course, Finn is much more understanding. Finn also sees what is happening. Like, Finn understands and sees that LSP is trying to do something here. Yeah. And she tells him, uh, she tries to sort of incept in him that he had uh, put out an ad for a adventure secretary. <laughs> and she, her, and offers her proof, which is a like piece of bark where the words like wanted adventure secretary are written on it in, in uh, fruit pie jelly. And Finn says, yeah, oh, it smells like fruit pie. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Finn's, Finn's attitude throughout this whole episode is just sort of, all right. You know, like, yeah, I think that he, he would say that LSP is his friend or at least someone that, that he likes. Mm-hmm. And so here, here's his friend, you know, hey, I want to be your, adventure secretary well she's probably up to something that seems weird but fine right you know i i trust my friend we'll just bring her along and 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 throughout the episode finn is just like yeah sure come along i'll do whatever i can to help you out yeah i i think it's like it it may be even more than just like it's um it's not ambivalence it's it's i think he actually does see like oh like lsp needs something she's not telling me what specifically but i will ask I will help her in the way she is asking for help, which is like play along with this game or whatever that, right. you know, and so I think like that's where yeah. he's kind of like, all right, like this seems to be the way that she wants to express herself. So let's, yeah, let's play along with that. That seems to, and, and then at some point I'm sure I'll find out what she needs and I'll help her. It's kind of like where I think Finn's head is at. Yeah. And I think that he, he's, uh, he's just assuming the best yeah. of his friend. Yeah. You know, Again, if you're showing up undercover at someone's house, right, dressed you in need to trash. evaluate whether that person is your friend. Right. Dressed up. Uh, but Finn's, Finn's like pity. It's, it's pity a bit or, um, or concern and just says like, okay, come on in. Clearly, I think Jake even says like, we should, she shouldn't come in. She's being too weird, basically. And, and Finn's like, no, nah, I think it's sad. I think he's what he says. Like, there's something going yeah. on. Like, we should help her. So he says, okay, fine, come on in, be our secretary. LSP reads this as her lumps have completely overwhelmed Finn, and her plan and so is... she's in charge now. Her plan is working to perfection. So she heads in and sets up shop at her new secretary desk. Which is their table that she has knocked everything off of. Yeah. And then she proceeds to uh, go to phase two, I suppose, of the plan. <laughs> but... The rest of the like the the next chunk of the episode is, is is Finn and Jake basically doing what they would normally do on any given day, and then just sort of like letting Lumpy Space Princess tag along when they when she right. when she wants to, and that's what it is from their perspective. From 
LSP's perspective, she is sort of uh, infiltrating each of their activities and distracting them and, you know, further uh, entrancing them with her lumpy powers, basically. Right. The reason she is there is because they desperately want her to be there. Yeah. And she continually gets reinforcement of this idea throughout because Turtle Princess keeps calling her to check in on how the book is coming along. Yeah. Um, And and LSP also misinterprets Finn's pleasantness and kindness uh, as as him being into her. Right. Which... Which, Cer- you know what, that kind of rang has, true for me. Yes, which certainly uh, has happened in life, I think. Yeah, that is... Yeah, uh, you know, I, I just thought actually of... Uh, I can't remember where, but recently I, I saw a tweet or something about how... I don't remember if it said band kids or choir kids are always in high school fucking each other. Uh, but I was like, oh, yeah, totally true. Absolutely <laughs> true. <laughs> and so <laughs> the whole thing of like this weird... One friend is trying to be romantic and like you're having like realizations about your your friend. Mm-hmm. It, it it felt familiar. It felt familiar because when you're in high school and you're just surrounded by like the same girls, I think, mm-hmm. day after day, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of get tired of one and move on to the next one. <laughs> yeah. LSP. In terms of infatuation, I should say. Right. LSP is... Um... Is base is just a pubescent teenager rant like her whole character is just pubescent teen ratcheted up to a million right right uh, she is pure hormone essentially <laughs> uh, and so yeah her her reading in uh, from one friend one friend being kind to her and her reading it as romantic interest is classic teenager. Classic yes. misinterpreting, you know, ter- misinterpretation. And and like being in a situation where you're acting, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, LSP, I don't think LSP has any idea who herself is. She never acts like herself. Right. And that's, that's very teenager. Like, you know, even if you're not showing up undercover, if you're going to your friend's house that you like, like you have an agenda. Right. And you have a persona that you are trying to project. You don't know who your right. true self is. So you are trying different ones on. And usually the one you try on is like hyper-confident persona. <laughs> like <laughs> that is one that usually people try. And it's endearing to watch Finn simply be kind to her. Like it's just, I, I, I it, it was very, not out of character for Finn, but it, it felt more gentle and tender than he, like his, yes. his acts of kindness are usually more like acts of kindness like right. physical acts mm-hmm. and this was just allowing someone to be allowing someone to be who they needed to be for that moment and just accepting he was being accepting of lsp that's exactly what that's yeah. exactly the word that that was coming into my mind yes yeah. yeah he's just all right you you need this right now and so i'm 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 gonna give it to you yeah and don't we all need that at different points in our life just accept me as i am right now um and it's the one thing that teenagers need the most, <laughs> like yes. the most. Uh, that is one of them times. Yeah, I don't know if if a teenager has ever been as like unconditionally supportive to another person <laughs> as Finn is to LSP. Right. Like, there's always always at least some kind of ulterior motive in every teenage action. I think. Yeah, or or just lack of knowledge. Like they just right. Even if they can pull it off, yeah, for, or just foolishness and idiocy. Right. Even they can pull it off for twelve seconds. Like twelve seconds later, some other <laughs> influence changes it. So 
the remainder of the episode goes like that, where Finn continues to be kind, includes LSP on their adventures. LSP reads it as Finn being infatuated with her until it comes to a head when they go on an adventure to the top of Mystery Mountain, I think is what they call it. I can't remember now. Um, yeah, they do sort of an Indiana Jones thing where mm-hmm. uh, Jake turned himself into kind of a wheelbarrow to carry a bunch of rocks up there. Yeah. Uh, and then they, they scatter the rocks and find the path across to this cave where they, they need to go to right. destroy some evil mirrors. Right. Uh, they find an evil portal, another portal, and LSP is there and is misreading the situation and is trying to do yet another alluring move, but lo- lo- kind of loses control of it, gets gets away from her a bit. Uh, her own her own lump swinging gets her gets her moving and she flies through the portal (laughs) another sort of accurate teenage thing like yeah i don't know where my body is (laughs) right my finger could be 10 feet away from my nose or it could be right on top of it i have no clue yep (laughs) because i grew seven feet last year (laughs) uh she ends up flying through the portal and on accident and she ends up in a room filled with mirrors and she can see quite apropos yeah and she is Loving it at first, and she can see Finn through one of the mirrors, and she is still get showing him, shaking you know, it. shaking it. That's the word. She's still shaking it for him. But then things get creepy because then all of a sudden the Finn in the mirror starts reaching through the mirror, but it's not Finn. It's like a shadow creature. And then a bunch of shadow creatures start reaching out from all the other mirrors, and... Lumpy Space Princess quickly realizes realizes she's in a world of danger. But fortunately, Finn and Jake also realize this, and they burst through the wall that uh, was hiding the mirror cave, and they destroy all the shadow creatures. And Lumpy Space Princess is shaken but shaken up, but fine. And and she's like, what was that? And, and Finn <laughs> and Jake were like, oh, well, that's why we were here. Uh, LSP, or sorry, uh, Princess Bubblegum asked us to come here and destroy all these crazy mirrors because they're <laughs> like evil. Uh, and so then they head home, but LSP starts to have a realization that Finn, while she thought she was the ultimate attractor in in any situation, or she a, thought she was the hottest, the hottest. Uh, yeah, she thought she was the hottest. Turns out she realizes that Finn's inner kindness is the true lumpiness. That is the true sexy lumps being kind to people. He's lumpy on the inside. Right. And she ends up writing her book and she hands it to Turtle Princess. And Turtle Princess loves it, but she's like, this isn't what you said you were going to write. And LSP is like, I know, but I had to write it. And she, it's basically a realization that she is in love or infatuated with Finn. Yeah, it's like, whoops. Yep. And uh, we kind of end on that. Like, there's a bit of a gag. I can't quite remember at the end. But, like, we end with with LSP basically, like, being in love with Finn. And Finn not really realizing it, of course. Finn's just kind of like, yeah, Yeah. you're, hey, LSP, good to see you. Glad you hung out with us for a while. Right. Everything's okay now. Yeah. So uh, I think you're right to call out friendship as a theme for our, these two episodes. Um, 
in this one, Finn is demonstrating accepting, ex- being an accepting friend. And that's a very important friendship to uh, to be able to uh, provide, I guess, for people. Yes. Um, I, I, I think that it is one of, if not the, like, most important part of a long-term friendship. Agreed. Is is acceptance. And, and, and really, if you're going to be friends with someone for any period of time, you need to accept them for who they are. If you're going to be a real, actual, like, connected friend with that person. Mm-hmm. And judgment between people doesn't is not conducive to friendly relationships. Agreed. So I, uh, I, I think it's awesome that we saw the we'll call it the the softer side of Finn and Jake in these two episodes. Yeah, really nice. Both cute episodes. I laughed a lot. Like I, I think these were two episodes that felt very just like. Easy, easy to watch, easy to enjoy. Lots of yes. cute, lots of cute gags. Yeah, there were more more gags, I would say, than jokes. But mm-hmm. I did laugh quite a bit. There, there's a there's quite a bit of like the the non sequitur humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I laughed really hard at, at Ice King's just bizarre monologue about you know reaching in across the veil or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Lumpy's and Lumpy Space Princess is like uh, you know unending confidence in, even in the face of absurdity. <laughs> Uh, right is, is which great. actually reminds me of someone else who has who has lumps or maybe she has humps i don't remember the the lyric uh i it, i was at the show where fergie peter pants on stage oh it was really? in san diego at street scene in 2005 uh i wound up there because i was in los angeles for uh tfa institute uh-huh. And we found out about this this music festival one weekend in San Diego and drove down there. Uh, I was way in the back for the Black Eyed Peas set because I wasn't terribly interested in it. Uh-huh. Only, I think, really years later that I learned that there are famous photographs of Fergie having pissed herself on stage at Street Scene in San Diego in 2005. I was there! <laughs> Living history. But you know what? Yeah. She's still rich and famous. She pulled it off. Good for Fergie. See, confidence can take you far. Yeah, pissing your pants is cool. Call Fergie Miles Davis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad to know that you were there. Uh, and I'm sure everyone, I'm sure Fergie will be glad to know that you were there too. I it's assume, like the most momentous, yeah. notable event I've been present for. I assume uh, there's a list of people that I assume always listen to our podcast. Fergie is one of them. Right. I say pissed. I say that she pissed her pants with with all 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 the love in the world. Right. Very accepting of Fergie. <laughs> uh, so, other than that, I think uh, I would just wrap up by saying these were two episodes that, uh, in my fan in my budding fandom of adventures of Adventure Time, I would call these ones that made me chuckle, and uh, yep. they were solid, solid episodes. Nothing, uh, nothing world, be- nothing world beating or anything, but certainly uh, worth worth a watch. Now I'm imagining Fergie like walking into the treehouse and being like, "Let's get it started in here." And then yeah. Finn's like, "Okay, yeah, sure, Fergie. Okay, uh-huh. yeah, all right." Of course. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Jake being like completely like, mm, "Who's this weirdo?" Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bimo would be down with Bimo would be down with black eyed peas. I think. I think oh, Bimo, for sure. Bimo would for get it. sure. Um, yeah, I, I also chuckled a lot, you know, they weren't, um, the, the most amazing episodes I've ever seen, but I did think that, that, uh, the, 
they did do a, a pretty interesting examination of various types of friendship and what it means to uh, be a friend and to be there for someone. Yeah. I will. I, I, my last thought would be like one of the things I like about Adventure Time is how unapologetic they are about people expressing emotion and that being okay. Yes. And sort yeah, of just it is nor- a, normalizing it is a, that. Right. It is a pro feelings, I think, mm-hmm. and pro friendship show. Yeah. Like I, I think a lot, it, it, you know, I, I put on one of our social media things, like this is a show about best friends, which I, I think it is, you know, yeah. you and me and also Finn and Jake. And I think ultimately like the relationships that they're exploring are, are friendships. Yeah. Yep. So I think, uh, have fun. I hope you enjoyed listening or listening to us and I hope you watched along with us. Um, and we'll be watching two more episodes coming up soon. Uh, we'll keep chugging along and as long as you keep chugging along, listening to us and we appreciate yeah. it. And, uh, you should keep chugging along listening to Will Yates. He did our intro and outro music. It's the song date night from his EP. I know the feeling head over to willyates.bandcamp.com where you can pay what you want for all of Will's sweet, sweet electronic music. And uh, while you're on the internet, you might as well pop over to what, like Twitter, Facebook, Ben? Yep, definitely should do that. There's a lot of places on the internet you can talk to us. Uh, Twitter, we are at PodVentureTime, or Gmail, PodVentureTime at gmail.com. And lastly, you can reach us uh, at our Facebook page, the Treehouse Treasure Room. And you can uh, you know, drop us a line, let us know what you think, tell us about your friends, tell us about how accepting you were, tell us about what concerts you were at where different people peed their pants. Um, we could get a whole collection of those stories going. Could be Let's you. have a Maybe competition. Maybe you were the one who peed your pants. Who knows? Uh, we'd love to hear about it. And uh, yeah, so please do reach out. And then, Ben, I will uh, be reaching out to you again soon because we're going to do another episode before too long I look forward of to our it. podcast, Podventure Time. But of course, until uh, such time as we choose to do that, I've been Pat. And I've been Ben. And this has been Podventure Time. LSP, you're wearing garbage for clothes.